In early 21, the dollar was near its lowest level in more than five years against a broad basket of currencies. What do you think? We got a lot of currencies moving around. Uh... Fast forward to July of 2022, the dollar reached parity with the euro for the first time since 2002. Well, the euro has hit parity with the U.S. dollar a first in over 20 years. Euro had dropped below parity. The dollar has been on a tear, climbing by around 20% over the past year and is at its highest level in 20 years. The euro has been particularly vulnerable due to the war in Ukraine and rising gas prices. And this has been a wrecking ball to the global economy. Stock markets are bleeding, corporate bonds have been pummeled, and crypto is basically dead. As you know, inflation is already very high uh, in Europe. We see the U.S. Fed keeps raising interest rates there. That makes the dollar more attractive. So in this season of Things Have Changed, we're going to talk about currencies. And today, we're talking about how USD crushed foreign exchange markets. It is without a doubt, the dollar is the single biggest problem. And that's not going to go away if the Fed hikes. It's just going to be essentially... By the way, if that's the case, we're all doing the show from Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My place. And by the way, new clothes we'll every day. We'll do it from yes. my place. Live we'll from, from Amsterdam. If you'd known how important the technology economy was 20 years ago, would you have done things differently? The internet, cell phones, the cloud, and data. Things have changed. We're here to talk about it. Hi. I'm Jed. Hi, I'm Shikhar. Welcome to Things Have Changed, your new economics and technology podcast. So Jed, how's your portfolio looking? You're you're a big stocks guy. You're a big stonks guy. How's it looking? I'm not a big stocks guy. It's looking fucking red, dude, just like everybody <laughs> else's portfolio, all right? I haven't opened Brutal. it for two weeks. Um, Brutal. Two weeks. I haven't opened my, it my for Robin like Hood. 25 weeks, dude. <laughs> the trend for the entire year has been dollar up equals stocks down. And whenever dollar has dropped for a couple of weeks, stocks are up. So the last few weeks, we, you know, we are recording this December second week. The last few weeks, you know, it has kind of bounced a bit. And the dollar is down yeah, like 4% yeah. over the last two, three weeks. And stocks are going, going at it, making a run. But the whole trend this entire year has been dollar up, just going crazy. Like, a, you know, like a yeah. like Dogecoin was last year. That's how the dollar <laughs> has been going and crushing stocks and, you know, global financial markets. It's been nice for me because I've been traveling a lot. Yeah. And I think the closest representation of the the dollar being up, man, for me is has been the cheap stuff. So, um yeah, I've been loving vacation. I just came from uh Europe this the past 2 months. Yeah. Um and I was I went on a shopping spree, dude. Everything was so much cheaper than it usually would cost when I go and travel, so. And where did you see this largely? Because you were traveling UK, Netherlands. Yeah, right. No, I, I went to, to Ireland, right? At the yeah. very first portion of the dollar just going so crazy that every news outlet was talking about how, how everybody should be traveling. And I was like, fuck, I'm, I made it at the right time. <laughs> I'm out here buying whiskey. Um, and I noticed it with whiskeys, honestly. Yeah. 
like something that would typically cost me 80 to 90 dollars was costing me like 65 or 70 you mm. know which is not huge but if you think about it like the I, amount of whiskey you drink that's a huge huge <laughs> for people who buy certain goods right it's uh it's a noticeable change right so even shoes itself in europe were so freaking cheap i i bought two new pairs of shoes it's ridiculous um yeah but you know that's i feel like that's the only time i actually recognize hey the dollar is kind of up like i'm traveling and, I'm, and my dollar is going pretty far so that's how most people i think will experience this phenomenon have you traveled recently didn't you go to no. india How's oh that? yeah i mean i was in india but i was staying at my parents place yeah. who was largely not really spending a whole lot but what i did notice was uh you know, we will cover India and the rupee in a future episode. Dude, things have gotten expensive in India. Like the average spending has increased. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bars and, uh, you know how much it costs to get a drink in the US, right? $8, $10 for a beer or so, right? Yeah, That's yeah. kind of the going rate. Especially in New York. Yep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. New York, it's like 25, but yeah, forget about New York. But <laughs> elsewhere, elsewhere, you know, the average to spend on a beer is about, you know, eight bucks in a bar. I go to India and it's like, I don't know, 600 rupees, which is like seven bucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so India is yeah. a total different ballgame. Yeah, no, no, no. It is. It was like, I was really surprised. You think it'd be cheap. Yeah. And, you know, breweries everywhere. So I'm from Bangalore, India. So, you know, breweries are everywhere and there's a lot of like tech money flowing. So it's like people are just spending and, you know, the economy is doing great. Hopefully it keeps going that way. But just as someone who has not lived there in (laughs) seven years going back and thinking, man, I used to psych out to spend like 20 rupees, just 20 rupees. (laughs) And now like people are just cheapo. Yeah, no, okay. That granted, I still am. But it feels like people are okay spending thousands of rupees now where they weren't yeah. okay just six, seven years ago. So a huge difference there. But yeah, so with the dollar, right? So what is happening? Why why is it just, you know, turbocharging like that? Yeah, like Dogecoin, right? Um yeah, I mean I think this is something that's pretty apparent now to your average American because we watched a lot of this through the pandemic. And I think people are really sticking uh, their eyes towards what the Fed was doing every moment, you know? Yeah, so Jay Powell. So you've probably seen this in, in, in the last few months. Jay Powell, yeah, Mr. Jay Powell being very popular is that the Fed has been aggressively, and we talked about this before, that, the, that yeah. this was a likely possibility, that they are aggressively increasing rates right the interest rates the vel funds rate which is what most uh financial products are based on so you know it had a massive effect obviously um especially amongst the the g20 economies who across the world dude this was happening and i think we had an entire episode just chatting about you know um how monetary policy is changing swiftly in a lot of um yeah. western countries right with, so and to so, just get, paint some you know, context, right? Yeah, it's inflation going crazy everywhere, and yeah. to, rea- to 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 reduce that that craziness and the, yeah. the unyielding demand out there. Uh, that's yeah. why they increase rates, right? 
Absolutely, yeah. I was trying not to mention inflation again, man. You know how many times we said that this yeah, <laughs> this yeah. year and last year. Oh my gosh! But it's been the but no, that's... topic of discussion for the last right, man. What since COVID? So two years we've been covering inflation. We've had so many inflation episodes over the last two and a half years. It's kind of crazy to think that we had an episode about okay, if this is not transitory. The, the Fed has to raise rates and has to raise rates high. So yeah. what happens to risk assets? We knew all that information and still got destroyed in the stock markets. Because <laughs> we didn't follow our own damn <laughs> advice, all right? Yeah. That's, that's yep. the issue there. I guess that's the overarching fact here that we've been chatting about for over two years is that inflation has been going berserk. That's what's pushing them to raise rates and a bunch of the downstream effects, I think, of um, this monetary policy action is starting to show themselves really well. US, when the central bank in the US raises rates, it's kind of a big deal. It's it's much worse when the US does it. The number of transactions that we have here, the amount of money that is moving around in this country is ridiculous. So when we do it, it's not only the US that gets affected, it's everybody else around the world. So yeah, it's been kind of a ridiculous phenomenon, but now we're seeing how everything's turning out. What happens is you know, um, it adds fiscal strain to uh, these economies, right? And Sri Lanka was a big example. So what happened there, right? So um, high level, you know, not every country has the ability to borrow money in their local currency, right? Since, you know, th there might not be enough faith in their institutions or, you know, their markets are less developed. So uh, yeah. usually uh, that means they have no choice to issue debt um, in dollars. So dollars, dollar, the US dollar is the reserve currency in the entire world, right? So when that dollar value shoots up, these governments, these smaller economies, these smaller countries have to, it, it becomes more expensive for them to repay their debts, you know? And so it, it drains their coffers. It becomes costlier for the government to import food, medicine, fuel, because everything is denominated in dollars. So, and that's kind of what happened in Sri Lanka, where, you know, uh, Sri Lanka's rupee crashed against the dollar. And that kind of had so many, um, you know, uh, additional uh, effects where, you know, their foreign reserves were drained. And because, again, COVID had a huge impact on that country, their reserves were already low because of tourism dropping yeah. drastically during COVID. That's an interesting COVID. use case. Yeah. And so now suddenly, you know, there were shortages of essential items due to COVID as well as it being expensive now. So, you know, medicine's expensive, food expensive, fuel expensive. And so all the people started like rioting, getting on the streets. And then the president had to flee. Like the dollar is so important to the entire globe that, you know, what seems not as big of an impact for americans yeah has huge impact outside yeah insane it's, that's an insane use case because that that literally was an overthrowing of a government or something yeah that, yeah uh, was triggered by this but yeah i mean also at the same time right we think about it as these things are happening around the world the risk of investing in these let's just call them emerging markets are much higher so even capital there's going to be a large inflow of capital into the U.S. Because typically, as you've said before, the the dollar is the world's reserve currency. Well, the dollar is also the world's safe haven. 
um, when it comes yeah. to currency. Yeah. So, you know, that's another thing that maybe is exacerbating this issue is that now capital is, is flowing into the US because of this, all of these things that are happening around the world beyond the geopolitical conflicts that we don't cover too much on this show. Um, there's also just lots of negative sentiment towards the markets as well, you know? So these things happen. And then at the same time, they have another reason to invest in the United States, which is wherever um, the returns are better for certain safe havens, that's where capital will flow into. So we were talking about how capital is going to the United States at what form? Well, it could be the bonds here, right? That are yielding such great returns because the interest rates are going up so rapidly. Um, but yeah, you know, that's another big reason why capital is shifting more here. And then also that squeezes again, like you talked about with Sri Lanka's case that squeezes those emerging markets, right? Because the capital comes to the U S but it don't go to the the foreign markets anymore. If you were a slightly risk averse company that was just getting comfortable and investing in these, um, emerging markets, all of a sudden, now that things are happening across the world, you want to slowly not or divest even into some of your investments in those emerging markets because they are inherently more risky. Yeah. So, so just yeah, an example an there, right? Time. Yeah, just an example there. Like if you're a wealthy, wealthy individual in Sri Lanka or Pakistan, right, where even they saw a huge um, uh, devaluation of their currency, like where's the best place you'd want to move your money? Is it going to be Europe or is it going to be the US of A? Right? Because there is a trust that the government will pay its debts or the government will pay back the interest on those bonds. Right? So that trust is so important and which which still keeps the US dollar the reserve currency of the world. Right? There's that inherent trust that the government is just chugging along and whatever happens your money is safe there. Yeah. I mean, just the whole infrastructure of debt, right? Yeah. Debt has to be has to be serviced by dollars, usually, especially for energy, which is, you know, something that is uh, huge in the global economy. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. The, the dollar has a really, really strong position, and we realize it during these times. Um, you know. Yeah. And uh, just uh, another point there, right? Say you're a company in Europe, right? And you import, you, you're in the import business. Um, you import certain materials, raw materials, and process it to make your finished goods. Now, if that, if those imports are now expensive, those raw materials are now more expensive, uh, you can't afford enough of those raw materials. You might not have enough inventory. And as a result, you can't sell as much. And so that impacts your output again. So, you know, so interesting how, you know, currencies ultimately are on many levels, the foundations of uh, global economic activity. And um, there, there are a lot of conversations about how this whole trend might lead to a kind of deglobalization where certain yeah. regional markets, certain emerging markets might might plan on just trading in their currencies, right? So say yeah. you're Saudi Arabia, say you're one of the Middle Eastern uh, countries, you will trade with um, like an Asian country based on your currencies, right? Um, yeah. And so that's also an interesting trend. 
Yeah, deglobalization. Yeah, that's an interesting um, path to go towards here because as you think about it, because of what happened during the pandemic, right, there was a lot of uncertainty with supply chains and we cover that a lot as well in the show. So when you have these supply chain issues, what typically happens when a country feels as if it doesn't have access to the tools that are actually essential, the raw materials that are essential, they will um, do what's called ISI, industry uh, subsidization something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically when you build an industry at home, right? And you don't want to have to rely on global markets to do the importing and the exporting and the exchange of these goods. So you'd want to create that industry at home. It's worked in some very small use cases, but you know, one of such is uh, what happened to the chip industry, which we had chatted about quite a lot. But yeah. um, the Biden administration's policy on uh, building more fabs here, right? So if you're a THC listener, you know what a fab is, but it's essentially where they make chips, right? Um, that's needed for all our electronics, which we talk about quite a lot. But that's another example, and I was just told I'm in Arizona today that there's more than a billion dollar investment here by TSMC to start yeah. making chips in the valley. So you know that's insane because there's just a lot more things that are going to be coming to the U.S. It's not just going to be this industry, right? I assume it's every other industry that suffered a little bit um, during the the pandemic. So it's interesting. That's another. Another narrative that I think we should tackle at another yeah, time no, as well. Totally. Uh, deglobalization. Yeah. Yeah. And something that we just kind of stumbled while having this conversation and doing some research. Yeah. But Jed, question for you. If you're a okay. citizen in the US or North America, how do you leverage this? Okay. Because this is mostly to your benefit. <laughs> Maybe you can just chill <laughs> because yeah. your, your money is worth more now. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the US. Buy whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> well damn right if we're going to the uk whiskey's cheap y'all so go to the uk especially if you got dollars paying for that whiskey um but you know traveling is i think one of the ways you can actually see this right now and traveling in a lot of places where you know that the, the dollar is just blowing up like europe right and the uk as well it feels very strange because for me i've been traveling quite a bit the last three years at least and in between um europe and the u.s right the the degree to which I feel more wealthy in Europe is quite a large amount, you know, relative to the previous time I was there because literally everything was cheaper. Food was cheaper. Um, mm. You know, getting around was was cheaper as well. So I felt that a lot. So if you travel, this is one way to, you know, to make, to get some of this benefit of the dollar being super strong. Um, another thing is if you're not, uh, excited about getting on planes like I'm slowly becoming recently um, and you don't want to travel too much then another thing is you know investing in companies that make most of their revenues in the United States I think that can be something you can think about because now they're making their money in dollars out here in the US um, where the dollar is damn strong where capital again is flowing into right so that's another thing you can think about because you know, typically you'll see in, in public companies, 10Ks, uh, how much of their revenues they're making in certain regions, right? They have to mention that. So um, that's another thing you could use to kind of figure all this stuff out and start choosing companies that um, would be making most of the revenues here. A lot of people say it's short-lived. 
um, this uh, dollar appreciation. But we'll see. We'll see how things are going. I know it's going up and down recently, but, you know, it's something that uh, you can think about as well. Other than that, dude, it's imported goods, man. Everything that's that's uh, you know is is pretty pretty much always imported to this country, like shoes. I didn't know this, okay? But apparently, shoes ninety nine percent of the shoes sold in the United States are actually imported. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. I guess it makes sense if you hear those like sweat factories and whatever in in different countries, but that's just kind of a crazy number, right? We don't make shoes in the U.S. Um, and so, yeah, even the value of that is a little bit, um, has also decreased. So interesting. And of course, electronics. I mean, people have been doing this for a long time. Typically, electronics is also imported. Um, they're probably assembled elsewhere, you know, like flat screen TVs. You got cell phones, um, household appliances, smart tech, all that smart tech stuff that's, you know, built in the East. Um, but yeah, those are some ways I can think about just all else being equal, dollar being up. Yeah. The important thing is the dollar has been surging for the last year. How long will this keep going? Are you willing to take the other side? Because that's where all the risk is, but that's where all the reward is as well. Right. So it's very interesting dynamic where we don't know how 2023 looks, but it looks like the Fed is softening their stance on just jacking up the rates. We'll see, man. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Let's I see. have a small feeling that there will be additional pressure to head fake to stave this uh, this inflation, and we have to see really make sizable differences in inflation. For yeah, us to- it has reduced, but it's not like dropped to where it needs to be. We'll see how this turns out to be, but that again will be an interesting um, thing to watch in these next few months, just to see how that goes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. Hopefully this this was helpful. There's there's a lot of things in there that we chatted about that kind of I never noticed about the currency fluctuations, right? I didn't appreciate this stuff before. And I think doing this research helped me appreciate what you can do when your currency is feeling a little strong, right? Yeah. So yeah, hope, hopefully this was helpful. I don't know. That was my favorite part about this conversation is that I got to learn how to leverage my dollars um, and re- research this a while back when the dollar was actually rallying like crazy Um, and so a lot of these thoughts are quite fresh and we've actually applied some of these already as i've been traveling yeah no Uh, and uh, this is just the first episode in our currency series you know we want to cover other currencies which have made headline news all of us have heard of the pound the pound was the biggest news uh during all that uh list trust stuff happening over there um, so yeah we're gonna have oh a that'll few, be exciting <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a few episodes where we kind of deep dive into um, you know these these main headliners the currency headliners for the past year uh, as we call head into 2023 great yeah and you know stick around for all those other episodes we're gonna cover them in great detail just like this one as always stay curious <laughs> <laughs>